It's episode 278 of Nerds Eye View for the 31st of May, the last day of May. Mm-hmm. We got in right at the end, mm-hmm. right before the finish line. You know, why is the first day of May May Day? Why isn't it the last day? Because then you're panicked because May's going away. May Day! Thanks, I'll be here all week. I'm Andrew. I'm Jordan. It's going to be that type of show, huh? This is, this is where we're at? This is what we're going to do? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I think we're getting a little stir-crazy, it just being you and me. I think we're uh, we're going to need a guest next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if this is... Uh... We'll get a guest. Okay. All right, good. Good. <laughs> I'll get someone who will laugh at my jokes. All right, good. We need that here. Yeah. We do. I'm just not in the mood. I apologize. Mm-hmm. We're reviewing X-Men... Apocalypse. Yeah, that's how you say that word. And uh, wait, so it's like some kind of apocalypse? Some kind of it. Okay. Uh, there's, you know, multiple, I guess. <laughs> okay. Uh, before that, we're gonna have our top ten, our new releases. After the review, we're gonna have our guest landing, and at the very end of the show, we're gonna have a discussion where we get into all of the spoilers, all of the stuff. There's even an in. Scene thing at the end of the credits. We're going to talk about that, maybe. Sure. It's in, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. But first, we're going to do the top ten. Yeah. Count me down. <laughs> first, you might visit number ten. Zootopia Myopia. <laughs> uh, just as a little side note for everyone, the, all these titles have been altered slightly, so enjoy that. Uh, when you get there, you might feel a little number nine. Love and friendship and zombies. Which might lead you to number eight. Money Monster Slayer, who's actually one of number seven. The nicest guys, which uh, you could visit if you went to number six. The Jungle Book Return is a thing that you do for number five. Neighbors 2, Sorority Rising Bread. <laughs> uh, and if you, uh, if you had some of that, you might say number four. Oh, Captain, my Captain, Civil Playground, which is not a place for number three. The Angry Buds movie. And uh, if you saw that, you might need number two. Alice, through the booking ace, because that's what it feels like for number one. X-Men, Alpaca Loops. Alpaca Loops. (laughs) That's my favorite. That's, that's the best. That's where I started. Alpaca loops. Yeah, alpaca and loops. then and then from there I kind of went crazy. Oh my god, alpaca loops. <laughs> alpaca loops. Um, I mean, I guess that's an okay opening, right? 65? That's an okay opening, but that's everyone, I mean, yeah, because when you look at the Marvel numbers, mm-hmm. I mean, Marvel Studio numbers. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That number is huge compared to this one. I mean, and the funny thing is. I mean, we'll get to a lot of this in our review, mm-hmm. but this is this is um, the third in a second trilogy for right. X Men. Right, like uh, this is um, a first class trilogy. I'm gonna say. say this is unlike the Marvel Studios films, where um, like everything connects in a very linear fashion. Yeah, and you have this is, you this have is waves, crazy of things. This yeah. is like a rebooted universe in a way. Yeah. And uh, well, I don't know. Yeah, and uh, this is the eighth. Uh, f- I mean, it's no secret Wolverine shows up mm-hmm. in Alpaca Loops. Yep. And this is his eighth time as Wolverine in a film. Right. 
uh, and he's going to do the ninth time with his next Wolverine film, which might be his last time. Uh, hopefully. Uh, unless he shows up in Deadpool 2. Which would be cool. That'd be fine. I'd be all right with that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I like, I like uh, we can talk about it in, sport, in uh, discussion, mm-hmm. but I, I, like, I like his design and yeah. uh, what they did with him. Yeah, yeah. We'll definitely get that in discussion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. And so I, maybe there's some fatigue. Yeah. Maybe it's true. I'm I thinking. mean, yeah. everyone's, everyone's moved on to that next stuff, which is what good stuff. I don't know. Good stuff. I don't know. The, what's, what's next? The, the Marvel, the, you know, the, the I don't know. I feel like continuity has become something that's important to viewers now mm-hmm. where it never was before. Mm-hmm. And now I just feel like people have moved on and they, they care more about other stories than they do these ones, mm-hmm. which sucks because the X-Men are very important to the Marvel universe. Yeah. Um, they just, I don't know. What can you do? What can you do? Yeah. Uh, I also think it's really funny. All the headlines I'm reading online say X-Men did great. Alice through the looking glass bombed and it's number two. Yeah. It almost made 30 million. I mean, it bombed, I guess, for a sequel. I don't know what yeah. they're going for. Everyone's using. I mean, are they trying really to? Really weird. I mean, they've got to be I, comparing it to something, right? I, I also kind of don't want to touch the whole Johnny Depp thing because we don't know. Yeah. All the details. Yeah. And even if we do, we don't. That's not what this is for. It's not what this is about. But yeah. but I'm I'm almost afraid that some of those headlines are banking off of oh, yeah. that news story and say oh, and they're yeah. going to make that part of the you know, story that yeah. it bombed because of the recent news about uh, yeah, Johnny Depp, which mm-hmm. is, you know, probably not true, but also who knows? Yeah. At the end of the day, maybe this, de- I mean, it's a developing story. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, there's not enough information out there for us to even really talk about it. Mm-hmm. And it just happened at a weird time. I don't think, I mean, it could have something to do with these numbers, but, at the end of the day, you know, that's, those are completely different things. Like one is uh, possible, you know, you know, marital problems between two people and a movie release. Mm -hmm. And, you know, let's not make everything connected and let's not, you know, who cares if the movie does well, like as long as people are okay. If they're going to blame the movie doing badly on that, that's kind of lame because nobody asked for this. No one did. (laughs) <laughs> Zero people. I'm probably going to see it, but also nobody asked for this. I may not see it. I barely saw the first one. Yeah, that was a real unfortunate right? thing for me. Right? So at the end of the day, I'm surprised it made $28 million. Yeah. You know? Although like, I don't remember why, but I do like the director. I think he did the first Muppet movie. Oh. No, not the first, you know, the, the Muppets, yes, whatever know, they know, called know, it. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Uh,. We got two superhero movies in the mix. Mm-hmm. Zootopia's hanging on by a thread. But yeah, barely. Um, nice Guys is still hanging around. That's all right. Yep, I'm happy with that. That makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, still, it drives me nuts that Jungle Book is doing so well. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's I'll like mind. one of the top five movies that made the most money this year yeah, so far. what can you do? Crazy. Uh, but, but there you go. There's alpaca loops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, and... Okay, I mean, we don't we we used to get into news all the time, but uh-huh. the the whole thing that just came out about the the rock is going to be in uh in Doc Savage. Oh yeah. And directed by 
and partially written or written with Shane Black and his writing partner from The Nice Guys. Nice. And Doc Savage is like an old pulp mm-hmm. fiction novel right. hero. And um, I mean, that's he's kind of like a progenitor of of superheroes in a sense. Yeah. And so it's kind of like this weird thing where we're saying that there's superhero fatigue and yet they're still in the pipeline and by a director that we like and, you know, maybe it could be good, but who knows? Yeah. Uh, Hopefully it'll be different enough. Mm -hmm. We'll see. Doc Savage, the man of bronze. Yeah. He's basically, they say that when Superman was created, they stole everything from Doc Savage. Sounds good. He was the man of steel. Mm Mm-hmm. And Doc Savage had a sort fortress of solitude, yeah. like, and it was called that before Superman. Those and, guys, and yeah, it's those guys. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, but yeah, so Doc Savage. I had to look that up because I was getting confused with some other character named Savage that now I can't even remember who that is. Vandal Savage. That's the one. Yep, that's I, from Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, and just DC Comics in general. Yeah, there's a bunch of people named Savage. Uh, but no, I remember I've read at least one or two Vandal Savage stories from DC. Yeah. Like, I used to read old DC stuff like crazy. That's why I'm so sad. Because DC, DC's done. Yeah. They're just knocking it into the ground. <sighs> All right, let's move on to new releases. What's this first one? Pride and... Pred, on DVD and Blu-ray. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. I saw that. You did? Yeah. And it has the British people in it? Yeah. Is it all right? It was, it was good. Okay. It's an action movie. Um, yeah, of course. An action Victorian movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where everyone knows different martial arts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have like you, they literally send their kids to fighting schools to learn martial arts to fight zombies. <laughs> Did you ever see that new Three Musketeers that came out a couple years yeah. ago? Yeah. yeah. Were you here for the review on that? I don't think so. I remember so. I, we reviewed it, I think. Uh-huh. Uh That was really something. I feel like that. that was, with, was, was that with the Zacky Boy, Zac Efron? No, Zac Efron's not in Who that. Who is that? It was some kid. He's, I think he's Dylan. He's Mister Mister Maze Runner. I think now. Oh, I think so. I could be wrong. What was it called? Was it called the, the Three Musca- Musketeers? The Three Musketeers. Yeah, and it has Mia, Mia Jovovich. Ah, oh, yes. Was that 2011? Probably. Oh yeah. That's a very 2011 feel to it. Oh, that was Logan Lerman. Logan Lerman. Yeah. Is he the Maze Runner guy? Did I just get the No, that's not Mason. That's not him. He's a he's the he's the gods guy. The Greek gods guy. He's Perks of Being a Wallflower. Oh yeah, he's Percy Jackson. Yeah. I like Percy Jackson. I like those books. Oh, he's in Fury, he was good in that. He was good I think, in three I think that movie kicked off this Victorian action uh, thing. I think you're right. Because that movie was also somehow a Victorian version of Star Wars. I don't don't ask me how, but it is. What don't movie? It. The Three Musketeers. Oh, I can see that. There's like a giant evil blimp that they yeah. destroy, and at the end of it, they're like, but we have more. I'm like, what? Huh? Yeah, I remember that. How did that even... Yeah, I remember. <laughs> oh, and Orlando Bloom's this weird villain. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. That's a weird yeah. movie. Yeah, that is. Let's talk about Race, the film. Oh, that's the one about the guy Jesse who... Yeah. Owens. Right, 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 right. Who right, did right. The, uh, the Olympics. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And Her- Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. Who you can it. now see in the comedic wonder, Angry Birds. Yeah. He was, uh, he, he was trying to do a serious role there. I, I don't know how that, good. I don't know how that turned out for him. Then we also have Triple Nine. What's that? That's uh, Aaron Paul, 
Anthony Mackie, a bunch of other people are in it too. Action, cop drama. Oh, I heard that was good. I heard yeah, that was like a weird, no one saw it, but it was actually a pretty decent action I mean, movie. The the cast looked good. Yeah. They had Kate Winslet's in there somehow. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. That could that could be I could see myself watching that in the future. So we cool. didn't see we didn't see any of those. No. Oh you saw Pride and I saw Pride and Prejudice Dominus. Pride and Preggy. Pride yep. That's, that's where I'm I got call, I'm gonna call the next one Pride and Preggy. That's where I got love and friendship and zombies from. I figured. Yeah. Alright, D V D only we got nothing. Oh geez. Nothing that I noticed I that would be good. I told you it's a dead format. But new on Blu ray we have a movie called City of Women. It's a, if I'm remembering correctly, it's a film where a misogynist man gets trapped in a feminist convention and must deal with that. I mean, that's not a joke. These are not jokes, everyone. Uh, then we have The Human Tornado, uh, which is a sequel to something. I can't remember what, but uh, it's, it's one of those exploitation films. And then the Venom which is oh shoot this is the one I forgot what it's about there's definitely a snake involved that's all I can remember so that brings us a German terrorist there we go his gang there it is and their hostages are trapped with a deadly snake in a London house alright so now uh, our our trivia challenge I have a piece of trivia here that corresponds to one of these new releases Uh you're task if you choose to accept it is to guess which new release it corresponds to okay i will now read the trivia uh there was a role in this film that was offered to dustin hoffman he declined after he couldn't convince the director uh to shoot the movie a different way than he normally shoots his movies I don't want to say too much. I'll reveal what that exact detail is after you guess. City of Women. You are, in fact, correct. Uh, the, what Dustin Hoffman did like was that Federico Fellini, mm-hmm. the way that he shot his movies, uh, was that he would dub in the sound afterwards. Mm. So any kind of dialogue would be dubbed in because I think he worked a lot with people who spoke different languages. Mm. And Dustin Hoffman feared that dubbing himself would compromise his performance. Oh, I can see that a little bit. So there you go. Uh, I won. You did it. I don't think anyone's lost yet. Or, yeah, no, you got Whoopi Boys that one time. It's pretty easy. I, I, I try and make it hard. It's actually really easy. It's fun. Uh, new on TVD, we have Suits Season 5. Uh, for me, this is one of those shows where I look at that and go, it made it five seasons. Uh, and now I'm going to attempt to guess Jordan has seen it because Jordan watches too much TV. What's your DVR percentage right now? 74%. Okay. Avail- pretty, available. Pretty consistent with last week. Yeah, I've been I've been mm-hmm. knocking the new ones as soon as they've, they've come up because a lot of shows are ending, so I'm trying to get I'm, them off there. I'm going to take a guess here okay. and say that you've tried Suits, mm-hmm. maybe a whole season even, mm-hmm. but it's not your thing. You're not currently watching it. I really liked Suits. Yeah. I watched about three seasons. There we go. But Then it got dumb. Then I just didn't care anymore. Yeah. <laughs> the premise of that is like kind of weird too. It's like a It's a guy it's like, Yeah. It's a guy who has photographic memory, so he cheats his way through college and uh like fakes getting a law degree mm. and then applies to a firm and 
impresses the guy enough that he's like, all right, I'll bring you on, but you can't be a lawyer. And then through some crazy stuff that happens, he eventually gets to like become a lawyer, but not for real. Uh-huh. So it, it's like hidden from everyone at the firm where they work at that he's not really a lawyer. Yeah. But he's working with everyone and he's on cases and stuff. And uh, it's just the later seasons just become them of being like, well, everyone knows the secret. We just all need to work together to hide it. <laughs> Jesus. In the time that he worked there, he could have become a real lawyer, right? Like mm-hmm. you start looking at, you start adding up the hours, and you're like, he could have, he could have done yeah. this. He could have been going to school. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, so that's it for what's coming out new on DVD and Blu-ray and on TVD. Uh, not a big group this week. No, kind of a bummer. Yeah, yeah, but you know, like you said, it's a dead format. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Uh, when we come right back. We will be reviewing X-Men Apocalypse. Doesn't it ever wake you up in the middle of the night? The feeling that someday they'll come for you and your children. I feel a great swirl of pity for the poor soul that comes to my school looking for trouble. Some believe that the first mutant was born thousands of years ago. He was some kind of god. And he's going to rise again. You are all my children. And you're lost because you follow blind leaders. No more false gods. I'm here now. He always had four followers. Like the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Together we will cleanse the earth to the strongest. Take everything from them. He means to destroy this world. Billions of people killed. The world needs the X-Men. You're gonna join them, aren't you? You wanted me to get out of the house more, right? It's all of us. Against a god. Let's go to war. Forget everything you think you know. You're not students anymore. You're X-Men. X-Men Apocalypse, directed by Brian Singer. Brian Singer. Written by Simon Kinberg. Brian Singer. And everyone else has story credit. Yeah. Uh, which means that these are characters that have carried over from multiple films. <laughs> yep. Uh, but Brian Singer's in there, too. Uh, starring James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, Oscar Isaac, Jennifer Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Sophie Game of Thrones Turner that's the one okay uh, also a cameo by the Blue Man Group yeah. 
Yeah. We got Rose Byrne. There Evan, you Evan Peters, Josh Hamill. Am I remembering correctly? Rose, Rose Byrne was not in the last one? No, but she was in the first one. Yeah, yeah. I definitely really enjoyed her in the first one. Yeah, she was and great. They, if, as far as I'm concerned, they came up with a dumb reason for whatever was going on with her. Yeah. I mean... It, at the end of the first movie, it showed him doing that. I guess. No, it did. 100%. <laughs> but then they kind of like just didn't have her in the second one. And now they're like, oh, shit, we got to bring her back. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Um, God, I don't even know how to react. I'm looking at the cast. and I'm just like, ugh. Um, what are you saying ugh about? Just like. Oh, Nicholas Holt. I like Nicholas Holt. I think part of my whole problem was this was like there was like too many people. So they didn't handle yeah. any of them well. I, I heard I'm that. I'm just going to say that right now. I heard that on the internet. A lot well, of people were being like, eh, it was good, but there's just so many. Well, I feel like nobody got a good. Nobody got a good. No one got a good scene. Yeah. Except for like two people. Um, the, the Let me start at the beginning of this film. Oh, please. This film kind of has like an interesting start point where, uh-huh. due to the events of uh, X Men Days of Future Past, uh-huh. the, the, the events in the 70s. Uh huh. Um, where Magneto lifted up a Coliseum or something. Yeah. Whatever the hell that was. Coliseum. Uh, stadium. There That's the go. word. I was um, just going to let it go. And Mystique kind of saving the day or whatever. She becomes like this face of... Good like, mutants. Yeah, good mutants. or in a, in a weird sense, like mutant rebellion. Not even rebellion, though. It's kind of like an uprising of, we are here, this is us. And be proud of who you are. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Um which kind of affects the world in an interesting mm-hmm. way where right. she's, she's trying to, you kind of see her saving mutants. Right. Uh, but she also wants to stand to cover. She doesn't want people to know that she's a mutant. Yeah, she doesn't she, like that stance that well, she's she also took. feels like what she's come to represent isn't representation of like what's happening in the world. Mm-hmm. So to, to be that is kind of like a lie and she doesn't want to do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, I don't even know where to go. I like Nightcrawler. Yeah, Nightcrawler's cool. <laughs> That's I think he got came the closest to getting like good scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause like his power was useful. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, had the, he had a lot of personality. Yeah, he had a lot of personality. He was super fun. Uh, I think Cyclops was boring and dumb. I've always thought Cyclops is boring. Yeah, and he dumb. was. He's always been boring and dumb. Also, I completely just my brain didn't even hold on to the fact that his his brother was Havoc. Yeah, and that was I, when that character showed up in in this film. I went, I don't, I don't even recognize this guy. Yeah, like he was just so unrecognizable. And I was like, I know who Cyclops is, so I'm just gonna hang on to that fact. Uh-huh. And then when he when it was like, oh yeah, that's right, this guy was Havoc. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's his brother. Oh, okay. I just just kind of didn't even matter to me. Right, right. I don't know. I feel like the movie didn't even make it matter. Yeah. Like, it just didn't... Nothing there kind of connected. I... I, 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 I don't know, man. I, I Like, did you, did you care? Like, did it matter to you? Yeah. I feel like it just didn't... Like, that character was so such a blank to me that when he showed up in this I film, th- I had I no idea he was, who he was. I thought he was great in the last two movies. He was in both of them. I know. And that my brain didn't even hold on to that. Oh. Like, well, that's telling to it me. Did, it did for me. It's That's super telling to but me. But I'm, I'm weird. Like, I, I, I can't even participate in this conversation because the way my brain works mm-hmm. is I can walk into a, a room mm-hmm. and if a TV show or a movie that I have 
ever seen is on in that on that screen, mm-hmm. I can within five seconds name that movie. Okay. Or that TV show. Well, yeah, like, me too, I, but just I just recall super well for stuff like that. So for me, I see that character and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember he had the suit before and he had to like use a thing and now he's got so much control that during a pivotal scene in this, not only is he shooting beams out of his chest, he's shooting it out of his arms and his head yeah. and he's just like going overload and I thought all that was pretty cool, but I guess I had a different mind frame. Yeah, I don't know. I just, he was such a, I don't know. I think maybe part of it was like, I walked into this movie going like, all right, we're getting the classics back. We're getting, Cy- we're getting yeah. Cyclops. We're getting, and, and uh, in the previous uh, movies, he Jean was, he was a main character. And in this, he's kind of a stepping stone for his brother. Yeah. Character. Pretty much. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. I and agree. I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. And I always feel bad for uh, Beast because they just kind of like, whatever they need him to be, they just have him there. And yeah. And it. Like in this film, I mean, this he's is not even a thing. strong, smart dude. He's not even a professor. Yeah. At the school. Not yet. It's been 10 years since the last movie, and he's not even a professor. Well, he's... He's, he's just he walking teach, around with his glasses doing smart stuff. He teaches some classes, he says, when he first get there. He said... Someone's called him professor, and he said, I'm not a professor. Oh, yeah. Scott does. Yeah. And he goes, I'm not a professor. I just... It's because he used to... All right. A little bit of spoilers. <laughs> he's, you know, a part of the X-Men crew, and the X-Men have been, like, disavowed... For a little while. Well, yeah, they never. And according to this, they never actually even started because. Well, no, they tried, but their team Mystique died. Didn't, Mystique didn't come back. Yeah, after after everybody died on the team. There's a scene where Beast says, uh, "I was ready to start, but you never came back." Yeah. So X Men kind of barely happened. Well, yeah, after the second movie. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's just like, did anything matter? Like, I feel like nothing mattered in this movie. I feel like, and this might be controversial to say, mm-hmm. this was them fixing their ultimate, uh, alternate universe bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like, the, uh, in the first movie, I mean, we had, we I had the previous universe, right? Yeah, yeah. And they divulged from it. They, they did a hard left, and they started doing their own thing. Well, yeah, in the first and movie, gone, it, was, it, was, it was kind of us looking at it like, oh, yes, this is a reboot. Yeah, the, we can forget the right, other movies. right. And and but then whereas in, then the Wolverine came out yeah and then we went oh wait we something's going like on those. here yeah and then in the in X Men Days of Future Past that's where they literally combine the two right. timelines and, and make you understand what the hell's going on right right and and whereas Star Trek is just kind of being like the universe is different and we're just going to keep going in that direction yeah, yeah. this movie feels like hey wait a minute we want to go back to that because there's cool stuff that happens in the future that we might want to cover. Mm-hmm. So let's course correct back to that because when we get to the end of this movie, things are kind of set up to, I mean, it, it becomes weird and cyclical. Well, it's kind of you set up to I just mean? continue the way that it's been It going. was before. Yeah. I don't know. Which is super strange. Yeah. Because the only thing that I, the only reason that I can I can grasp from all of this mm-hmm. is now that there are the same way that you have in the comics, which the the DC um, TV shows are really uh, embracing this idea of, of the multi the multiverse, yeah, yeah, multiple dimensions. You know, mm-hmm. Earth one, two, and three, and blah blah blah. Uh, and I feel like this has just been a split, and now while we're kind of going back. I feel like those other things still exist because I, what was it? Was it the last movie where like Wolverine woke up and 
Jean yeah. Grey was still alive. Days of Future Past, and... he woke up and it was like it was like nothing from X two on happened. Right. So like he was insane. So if that's true, then we have this set of things happening in this universe, and then that stuff. Yeah. Where Wolverine woke up happening in a different one. But it's it's kind of like it's not even that he woke up; it's that his consciousness from that past hit his consciousness from the present. Yeah. But in that new fixed timeline. Right. And so, kind of, he doesn't have the memories of everything that he experienced, right. even though he experienced them. Uh-huh. And that's why, uh, what's his name, Patrick Stewart, is all like, "Oh, I've got a lot to tell you," because yeah. he can he can go into his mind and go, "Oh yeah, I can I I know that you did all this stuff." But that doesn't matter anymore because now yeah. the universe is different. Mm-hmm. So. Does that mean that that Wolverine is now in the future of the movie that we just watched? Or is that a separate universe? Don't know. I don't know either. That's the thing. At the, at the end of Days of Future Past, I was kind of excited to see how they were going to do anything with that. And, and this they film, don't. They don't, but also I, I, was, I understood better. Mm-hmm. But um, I spoke with a special, <laughs> a special uh, shout out here to Benson, who didn't want to be here today because he's sad. Yeah. Uh, but he... <laughs> He said that this film actually made it more confusing, the timelines for him. It does. Which, I mean... Because we just talked about it the whole time. I have I no idea. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Um, I don't know. I feel like... The, but there's not much... I mean, we get... Um, Magneto gets some growth, and then that's just kind of cut down. Yeah. Uh, we finally find out how Professor... Uh, Professor X lost his hair. We yeah. super needed to know that. Yeah, and see, that's the weird thing. That's what I'm saying is this movie just simply feels like it's setting up the universe for the first X-Men movie. I guess. You could watch yeah. this. And then go watch. And if you'd never seen any of the other X-Men movies, right? Yeah. Just watch this trilogy, That the last three movies. Yeah. You know, some of the X-Men or the uh, Wolverine stuff, because those are good. Mm-hmm. And then go back and watch the first X-Men movie. Mm-hmm. And it just slides right into that. Yeah. But they're going to do more. I know, but that's, so they, what, that's more weird. potential for them to just not not allow it to connect it's so, properly. It's so, you know, so it, not even that that matters fully. It's just the idea of when you do have this idea of you don't want to throw away everything from the old series. Right. And so you forcefully connect it to the new series in such a way. It feels like you're handicapping yourself. Ex- yeah. It feels like you're, you're really, you know, bringing a lot of trouble to the storytelling that you don't need to. I mean, certainly, I get it. You don't want to recast Wolverine. Hugh Jackman's perfect. I I know this for a fact. Yeah, we all know <laughs> this. We I I if anything, I come back to these movies for Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. Yeah. Like he's we he's get it. Very compelling. We get it. He's too tall. That doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but the the whole idea of I don't know. These films are connected, but not but connected, but not. It kind of it's painful. It's annoying. And see, do you want to know the weird thing, though? Hmm. At the, when this movie's, when the credits rolled, mm-hmm. I, I had enjoyed what I watched. <laughs> because... I mean, I didn't hate it, but because it's just... But the problem comes from trying to make sense of it. Mm-hmm. Trying to place it in the pantheon of these movies. I, trying to make sense of how they all connect and what they're pointing to and what they could mean for the future. I have a lot of problems that... I'll say for the discussion. Yeah. But just on, on just character points, like I feel Storm was very underused here. Oh, completely. Storm's always been underused. Yeah. And here it just was so obvious and weird. And I, right. I felt bad. Yeah. I've, I, I was like, this when, is dumb. A uh, little bit of spoilers. When, when she ends up being the first mutant that comes in contact with, uh, Eb, or in, in Saba, Saba Noor, or whatever, uh, when, 
when that happens, I'm like, oh, she's going to be important. Yeah. But no. 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 She's not. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I mean, even like Oscar Isaac is just wasted here. Yeah. Just utterly wasted. Like his face is so expressive and every, like everyone's seen Star Wars. Yeah. He's great in that. He's fantastic. Like we felt and the pain when his just, ship, when his little, you know, spaceship crashes. We're yeah. all like, "Oh no!" Yeah, not like, on, we, not, he was on screen for like ten seconds not, before that, like two minutes maybe. Not my boy. And then he comes back, and then you're like, "Oh my god, thank god!" Yeah. And here it's just you know, oh, here's some blue goop on a man. It could literally be like, love his voice, but they put it through so many filters anyway. Could have been anybody. Yeah. You really? could have put anybody in that role mm-hmm. because of just all the prosthetics and all of the filters on his voice and. Like he d- he does a great job, but at the end of the day, it's 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 a superhero villain. Like yeah. not all of them are created equal. Strangely, and and you, I might get a bunch of slack for this, a bunch of hate. I loved Ultron so much mm-hmm. because of what James Spader brought to the role. He does have a really yeah. His voice was very I, good for that somehow. He's incredible. It's, that's strange how that actually that worked out. That pretty worked. Well. Because, I mean, he's just a dumb robot mm-hmm. that they made express. They made Have metal, metal lips, lips bothered the hell out of me. Which, when I was thinking about it the other day, that carries over in a Jungle Book. How I was annoyed at animal lips yeah. that were moving in ways they should You shouldn't don't like move. CGI lips. I don't like CGI lips. I don't. <laughs> they shouldn't be as expressive as they are. Come on, people. Uh, but, but, man, his voice brought so much to the role. And I think it was because they accentuated the natural tones and and emotion in his voice. Mm. And in this, I almost felt like Oscar Isaacs got lost in everything they did. Mm -hmm. It it was the opposite effect. Mm -hmm. It was, I I couldn't find him in that role. Yeah. And that's what I feel like, like if you bring Oscar Isaac to your movie, you're doing it because you want him. Yeah. And I couldn't see him. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, man, just that sucks. That totally sucks, um, but I, I felt like I felt like Jennifer Lawrence did a great job. Yeah, it's playing it's, like the the because she's been in the hero role so many times mm-hmm. to have someone who doesn't want to be in the hero role. Yeah. Like I felt like that might have been cathartic for her as an actress. <laughs> yeah, right. No, and I kind of I really enjoy that somehow she's become the centerpiece of this trilogy. Uh-huh. Like the second one was all about how her character's power was important and in this mm-hmm. one it's more about her as a symbol. Right. And the first one is just her, you know, is in the she's in the film with the rest of them. Yeah. But she's become like this weird centerpiece of power mm-hmm. and symbolism and whatever. I kind of enjoyed that. I actually felt like the the first time that she she sees Professor X again He's like, he's like, oh, you're not. Uh, she says something to him, and he's like, oh, you're not in your natural blue form. And I, w- I was offended. Like, yeah, I, w- I was with her on that. Where I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, you don't get it. Like, you're you don't Professor get to X- tell me how I can look. Exactly, you're, Professor X. Your power is all in your head. Like, yeah. her power is very like a physical manifestation of mm-hmm. her being. And yeah. the fact that you're like attempting to police her in any sense of the way was very offensive to me. Yeah. And I was on her side from the get go. Mm-hmm. Like, I was. I was with her. Like she's out there doing the dirty work. She's saving mutants who are yeah. literally being forced to fight, you know, for their lives to the death. And Professor X has this like utopia. It looked of like it looked whatever. like Angel was fighting the Blob. Yeah, he definitely. Yeah, that was yeah. a little Blob reference that they couldn't. I don't think they could say the Blob. Yeah, but they definitely did a hinted thing the hell out of it. It was just kind of nuts that I was so against Professor X at this movie right mm. from the get go. Yep. 
uh, like your eye, your ideologies are crippling you. Literally, exactly. literally, literally crippling you. That was that was so nuts to me. Yeah, uh, I was just like, how did how did this movie? How was it so written? Like perhaps written badly, or perhaps the characters portraying it in such mm-hmm. a way where I was like. I don't side with Professor X. <laughs> and, I, and I think I think that's a credit to James McAvoy. Yeah. Because he... Uh, I really like him as an actor. And I find I, but him... But this, this character's too idealistic. Yeah. Like I find way. him to be extremely charismatic. Uh-huh. And I felt like that was used to great effect to make him go overboard to yeah. where you couldn't relate to him mm-hmm. because... I, until the end of the movie. Sure. Like, I feel like the, the Professor X that we have at the end of the film... Mm-hmm is the one that is, I mean, spoilers, he's connected to evil. Like, he's... Yeah, yeah. He touches that other side, and I feel like he comes out on the other side of it more of the the one that we knew in the first X-Men mm-hmm. movie, where he's wiser, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, but, yeah, just, like, besides, you know, Jennifer Lawrence and... Uh, I thought Jean, I thought Sophie Turner did a great job as Jean Grey. She did good. She didn't have to do much, I feel like, though. Yeah, but I felt like she, I mean, they she's also, important throughout the film, but she did a great job of being the, the you know, like, everyone's scared of me, mm-hmm. but also not being hurt by it. Like yeah. It showed, she was a very <clears throat> strong character. Um, I thought it was ridiculous that Colonel Stryker showed up again. He was in the last one for like a second, uh-huh. and I just rolled my eyes that entire scene in the second days yeah. of the past. Uh, and then uh, he's here I, again, and that's I just only, so that they can set up. Other I only stuff. like what they did because spoilers. Yeah, exactly. They're setting stuff up. Yeah, they're setting stuff up because spoilers. Uh, I just want to go through the the cast and just say like what I liked in it. I was really upset that they they kind of tease a, a fun scene mm-hmm. uh, with the younger mutants getting away and having a fun day right and we don't never even, see them again. we get to see maybe feel, like a half second of it i feel like there's another cut where we get to see x-men having fun yeah which and would have been nice that would have been so nice yeah that's so necessary yeah and it's so not here can 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 i just say for a moment mm-hmm. and stop me if you think it should be in spoilers okay but i do love how they use quicksilver in every one of these movies well here's what i want to say to you mm-hmm. um He's become a great character, mm-hmm. uh, which is crazy to me that in two films, the X Men series have done more with Quicksilver than the Marvel. Well, they just Avengers killed him in the Marvel series. One, exactly, but he should have been referenced a ton in Civil War. Yeah, and he nothing, not even one word. No one even cares that <laughs> I don't her brother's dead. Anyone says I'm sorry. I yeah. don't think anyone says Are you doing okay? Yeah. So like, hey, how you been? <laughs> it's crazy to me that that that's how this turned out. That Quicksilver's better in this. Also, than in the, but what have I'm gonna I say forgotten is, something? Where's his sister? Oh, don't. Uh, we'll get to that in spoilers. Okay. I swear to God. Um, but I'm tired uh, in general, but specifically in this film, mm-hmm. of coincidences. Yeah, there's too many. Of where one character is going to do something and suddenly another character shows up for yeah. no absolute reason at all. Right. But it's perfectly timed where mm-hmm. everything can get fixed, stopped, saved, destroyed, etc. And that bothers me. Yeah. That's so... And I feel like the only film that has ever done a good job of doing that is when uh, Luc Besson did it in The Fifth Element because it was so on its nose. Mm -hmm. Because every scene dovetailed into another one. Someone would be like, uh, how much time do we have? And then another person in another scene would be like, five minutes until the countdown. And then that scene would end and it would be another person like, 
picking up a glass that someone else had just dropped in a preview. You see what I mean? Mm. Like that is very much on its nose and kind of winking at the audience. And in here, it's just like, this kind of feels like lazy writing, you know, just to have people show up just in time. It's like, there's danger. Yeah. We're going to all, oh, no, we're fine. fine. Yeah, we're good. (laughs) None of us knows how, but we're just fine. Uh, Shit happens. Um, And I mean, you can even look at like something like, um, like if someone wants to look at nice guys and be like, oh, that's full of coincidences. But none of them are so much to the point where uh, they feel more natural. There's yeah. something, it's something much more natural about... It's because of the some, genre. It's because of... And, but someone stumbling onto some information feels yeah. much more natural than literally someone showing up to save the day. And also it's written into the characters because Ryan Gosling's character is a detective. Mm-hmm. He's a good detective, but he's also kind of an idiot. Yeah. So... It makes sense for him to have just enough skills to find the answer, mm-hmm. but and being enough, enough of an idiot that he stumbles onto it every time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like It makes sense in that universe because of the characters we have and because of the world it sets up. Like That's one thing Nice Guys did well. Is it, that feels like a world where everything that happens makes sense, as ridiculous as it is. Yeah. And... and I don't know. These films are so self-serious that coincidences are more of just, you're right. They feel like someone didn't know how to write it well enough. Yeah. And just needed to make things happen yep. for the plot. Yep. And maybe in a different cut of this, they'd make more sense, but they needed mm. to hit under. No, I feel like 180 minutes. But oh, uh, so let's talk for just a second. Okay. About Olivia Munn. All right. I used to think that she was maybe a good actress. Uh, the Newsroom was a show that I watched on HBO. She and was she good was in that. that. She was good in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now, um, based on pretty much every other time I've seen her in a movie or somewhere else, it's kind of like, oh, we cast Olivia Munn, so let's cut all the lines. Yeah, she doesn't. What? What's what? Why? Why? <laughs> That's another thing. That's a good reaction. I like that. It's just like. Okay, she says 12 words the yeah. whole movie? Yeah. And, and just looks I'd say she's dangerous. the least the least she has the least reason to join Apocalypse. Right. And we never really get I don't know, we don't get any Her character more. makes no sense. I mean, she's she's kind of like a bodyguard for an information guy. Yeah. And does she feel underappreciated? Does she not like he literally mutants? like none the, of it in, really in the movie it's just literally of i can make you more powerful and she's like okay i'll help you yeah that's it yeah it kind of doesn't every like, other character sense. every other character has reasons to hate humanity yeah well definitely magneto that one makes magneto the most does. sense angel does angel, because he's been forced to fight also, other mutants when he finds him he's injured and he fixes him. fixes him. like that's cr- makes that's, him makes him stronger in every way that definitely that's he has a bunch of reasons storm yeah. she's trying to make a statement and here's someone who's help who can help her do yeah that. because she has this weird idealized version of mystique mm-hmm. and she wants to also be a hero and she thinks this is what she needs to do in order to save her people yeah because she sees humanity as keeping her down yeah and then he got Psylocke, who just has a laser arm sword. Yeah, it was it was weirdly this... And can get better laser arm sword. Yeah. <laughs> and can turn it into a laser whip. Yeah. It just underutilized... Like, right, like, why did she... She had the least lines out of every other... Like, Jubilee had less lines, but Jubilee wasn't one of the main characters. Yeah, and I feel like that's that mall scene that would have... Yeah. Man, I wish I would have had a great mall scene. 
How cool would that have been to see her shoot fireworks? I, I mean, just how cool would it have been, period, mall scene. Even if they had no powers the entire time, mm-hmm. just seeing them have fun yeah. in an 80s mall? Have characters bond. Because oh, I, God. I imagine 80s mall of, of like Terminator, the first Terminator. Yeah. Imagine them in an arcade, an old arcade, mm-hmm. playing games or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Man, that would have been cool. The, the, the weird thing is, is that I feel like the... Uh, what was it? Was was first class like the most, um, the most like sixty? Because it's sixties, seventies, now eighties. Hard sixties. Now and then the the last one was not as seventies as it could have been. Mm-hmm. And then this one is like the least eighties. You, you at one point you see Ronald Reagan's picture on a wall. Yeah. And then everyone's wearing goofy outfits. That's it, that's as eighties as it. You're gets. right. You're right. These, it's kind of losing its touch. In the first one, it definitely felt like we were in a time and place. Mm-hmm. And since then, they are less and less in touch with time, mm-hmm. and more of. No, the script said this needs to be in the 80s. I don't think that picked up on the mic. All right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the, the... I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll get to a no, lot more discussion. No, right, you're right. You're right. I wasn't even thinking about any of this stuff because I turned my brain off when I started watching this movie. <laughs> I know. At the end, I wasn't, like, mad, but I was just... As I thought about, oh, this... All, none of these characters were served. Yeah. That's all I could think about. Too many characters. Yeah. And Not, I mean, I think you can do something with a lot of characters and just... Well, you know. Civil War, I feel like, did a great job with nearly all of its characters. Yeah. They all had moments. And that's the thing with this. Yeah. Almost none of them had moments in this film where I felt like they did anything worthwhile. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, we had a few. We'll get into a discussion. But the majority of them were just there. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, I think this, this series is weakening. It's that's what weakening. I'm say. If you care about the Marvel Universe, if you, care, if you like X-Men films, if you've watched the other ones and have enjoyed them, if you're if you plan on watching this, go watch in the theater because it's it's cool on a big screen. Um, I still believe the movie theater is the best environment for seeing film, especially of this variety because of how bombastic and how crazy and how cool it is. Uh, I actually saw it over at the theater by you, mm-hmm. and I was a little worried because I don't know if you know this when they're doing all the trailers and and well not the trailers but all the pre stuff mm-hmm. is a different projector. And it's oh. substantially smaller. Oh. It was like in the middle of the screen, and it was so dim, I could barely see it. Oh, did before your screening, did they also have Storm come on screen and say, yes. I hope you enjoy this film yeah. that we're making? I hated that. And yeah. That just, I hate it. Just like I flat out, of, I wanted to say something. Yeah. Like, I just, you can't, I mean, before a play starts, the actors don't come out and say, I really hope you enjoy this. They're like, Well, do you want to know insane. what it is? That's do, like, do you know why? That's gross to me. It's because they're, they're, they're just saying thank you for not torrenting this film. Thank you for spending money sure. and coming and supporting us. But it just feels that. it feels And if I'm if I yeah. get that, well, I've thought about I thought about it right away. I was like, "Oh, the l- only time that I've actually seen something like this is mm. when they do like an exclusive trailer." Right. Where they say, "Hey, you're at a Regal. Thanks for coming to Regal. Yeah. Here's a special trailer." And it's usually two of the actors and yeah. and we and hope you enjoy tra- this. But they're trailers. Yeah. It's not like we're about to see this film and here we are seeing like one of the actors yeah. just say to us, "Thanks." Yeah. That's weird. That's weird. I agree. I agree. I, I hope that does not become a trend. But support your local movie theaters. <laughs> yeah, go go to the movies. Go to the movies. Go see Nice Guys. Uh-huh. Go see what was what's that? Right Zootopia. Now? Just keep Zoot- seeing Zootopia. Zooto- see Zootopia as long as it's in the theaters. Yeah, don't let Angry Birds uh, take over. Go see Civil War. That's pretty good. Um, all right, you're having a real time here. <laughs> yeah, I think X Men's just all right. I think my pain pills just kicked in. That's all. Um. Right? Can we just it's land not, on yeah, that? Yeah, it's not amazing. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, it's not really bad. Mm-hmm. Like no one, I don't think anyone could look at this movie and say it's horrible. It's just yeah, it's not the worst, but I just like I still feel yeah. like these companies who are not Marvel Studios mm-hmm. are still making movies that feel like they were like the Marvel movies started and they came out and they kind of changed the way superhero movies were. Right, I've said that before in the podcast. Well, and I think where they they stepped it up a notch. They mm-hmm. made them great movies alongside superhero movies. I think the the other weirdly specific thing mm-hmm. is that um, the focus on character. Yeah. The way the Marvel movies coming out, it's Captain America, yeah. it's Iron Man, yeah. it's Thor. And they're making them feel like well-rounded people. Yeah, it's a focus on characters rather care than about. X-Men is just like these events. Yeah. And We're getting these, these huge uh, events. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, this is Lightning Woman." And this mm-hmm. is that's just what they feel like. They don't feel like yeah, people. Kinda, yeah. And <laughs> that's why I think I'm more excited for the Wolverine movies right. because they feel they feel focused like on him. him. Yeah. It, he has an arc. Yeah, other characters come in and they I matter. I really enjoyed his last movie. Yeah, The Wolverine is a good movie. Right, and I, people who say otherwise are are just mad that X Men Origins Wolverine happened, and you know what I yeah. am too. We, I, all we all are. We're all upset. That hurt all of us in yeah. our hearts of hearts. And then they fixed it. And they then had they him fixed fight it. They ninjas. made a better it one. It was great. And, and they fought took, a samurai. Oh, it's it awesome. so good. <laughs> and and at the end of the day, I feel like these movies, the ones we just watched, are simply a continuation from what X Men started. What was in the two thousands? Yeah, like they started this whole thing, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's just a continuation. That it's not informed by what Marvel Studios is doing. They're mm-hmm. not taking any cues. They're not stepping up their game. Mm-hmm. They're just crazier, more bombastic, and every single movie's about the world ending. Yeah, like you know. So yeah. All right, we'll get into more craziness in the discussion. Yeah, at the we're end gonna of talk the about show. everything. Uh, but. Uh, I mean, this film's just okay. Yeah. Hello, Bendu fans. If you're listening to the show that has the sad, you like the network. So I'm here to say, maybe consider checking out Popsicles, a show where a guy mainly doesn't say anything for a while, and then get people get mad at him because he hasn't seen the same things they've seen. Benson's just being being hard that's, on that's, himself. <laughs> that's what the show seems like to me. All right. Well, you can listen to Popsicles. <laughs> Scott Derrick and me, Brendan Creasy, and Benson. He's a big part of the show. Don't let him undersell it. <laughs> you can listen to it on the Benview Network website, benviewnetwork.com, or go to popsiclespodcast.com, or wherever you find podcasts. If you like Radio Brendo Man, or the late but great Picture Start, or Benson's Boombox, this show's got all three of those on. Listen to me get browbeaten by, by these two <laughs> for 90 minutes every every few months. Let's talk about what's coming out new in theaters. We Turtles. have Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows. Are we really reviewing this? No, we're not reviewing that one. We're, we're going to review oh. Popstar, Never oh. Stop, Never Stopping. That actually makes me just as sad. <laughs> well, um, I'm definitely I not going to... I hope it's good. I hope it's I definitely good. don't want to review this next new release, Me Before You. Yeah, I don't want to even see that. And then in limited release, we have The Fits. The Fits. And that's we're probably going to be lucky if we see that in a theater ever. But before we guess the ending... Yeah. Before we guess the ending, let's go have some thanks. First of all, to Silent Partner, who did our theme song, Sophomore Makeout. We got that from the YouTube Audio Library. Thank you to them. Uh, if you like our logo, it was drawn by Justin Kizon. He's an artist and a writer. You can find his writings at agentsofguard.com. And if you, I mean, if you find him on uh, social media, like uh, Instagram... 
I think he's just Justin Keys on on Instagram. He's been doing this really fun uh, 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 like short video a day thing, and I I don't I think it's just for May, so maybe it's over soon. Nice. But if you go back through, there's they're pretty fun. There's some good video editing there. He's yeah, a there he's a good video man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so go check that out and his podcast with uh, Matt Benson, Ben View on Spielberg. Every month they go through Spielberg's uh, director chronology. I don't know how to say that in a short way, but that's how I did it. <laughs> nice. If you like podcasts, you should also check out Pick Your Path. Uh, that is a Choose Your Adventure style enhanced podcast written by myself, Matt Benson, and David King. Uh, season two coming out this year at some point, I hope. I uh, hope. Go to network.com slash PYP. Uh, if Tom was here, he'd tell you about optograb.org. Uh, his personal website where he writes about TV, movies, and much more. And also, all of his short stories on Amazon and Smashwords. Jordan? I stream over at twitch.tv backslash Gamersault Weekly. Uh, this week, I had no idea what I was doing, but I just decided I'm playing Overwatch again, just like everybody else on staff. We're all playing Overwatch because the game is super fun. You can come by almost any day this week, except for Friday, because Casper will be playing uh, Knights friendly, of the Old Republic. The friendly ghost? Yeah, she's adorable. You got the friendly ghost? Well, she's great. Okay. And uh, yeah, just come by from 1 to 3 p.m. on Saturday uh, after I help Esposito pick up a grill, okay. I think. I'll be, uh, I'll be streaming some video games. All right. So follow at GA Weekly for updates. A grill. A grill. All right. I think. <laughs> Uh, if you like this podcast, you should check out all the other great podcasts on the Benview Network, BenviewNetwork.com. Uh, you can find uh, Pick Your Path. You can find Benview on Spielberg. You can find The Artist Treat. You can find Man Damn It. You can find uh, Radio Brendo Man. You can find the newly relaunched Matt and Brendo's Wrestling Show. I just saw that they did a new episode without Benson, and I don't know what's going on there, but it's kind of exciting and weird. It's all weird. Uh, I, I hope I have updates on that. I kind of feel like sometimes stuff happens on the network and I don't know. But that's that's kind of the fun of it, yeah, right? Yeah, that's a good. I think that's, that's a good fun thing. of it. That's really good. Like sometimes uh weird things happen. You shouldn't you shouldn't have your eye on everything. I try. I know oh, I can tell. I try. Yeah, I uh, still need to write my bio. Yeah, please <laughs> get to that. I am. Uh anyway, go check that out benvnetwork.com. Uh, and our personal website, nevpodcast.com, uh, our email, nevpodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter, at nevpodcast. And we're also on YouTube, uh, but if you're listening to this, you already know, uh, you already heard the things that are on YouTube. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, th- I'm, I'm just putting it there for people who just like YouTube. Yep. So if you have mm, a friend who's find like, us on that. I listen to YouTube podcasts and tell them to go there. Yep. There you, you, get, you get little chunks of what we do here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my personal Twitter is at podcasterandrew. I'm at True Valk. All right, so now it's time for Guess the Ending. You'll never guess how it ends. They do. Oh, you're first. I'm oh, first for this. once. It's because you picked the last movie. Well, I wanted the limited release. Uh-huh. As soon as uh-huh. I read that, I had an, an idea. Uh-huh. So It's also the one with more text than any other one here. I do. I, I almost did go for the Turtles one because it has the least. It has le- almost, I'm going to say almost less than a sentence of description. Almost less. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's barely a sentence. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Out of the Shadows, directed by Dave Green, starring Megan Fox, Will Arnett, Steve Amell, and Laura Lenning, 
The turtles Wait, returned. What just happened. <laughs> I was looking at the words you were reading, and they changed into different words. What? No, that's what it says there. I, uh, the turtles returned to save the city from a dangerous threat. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I, we we cannot ignore the fact that Tyler Perry. No. This is Tyler Perry's no. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles no. Out of the Shadows featuring Medea. No. Okay. Not my turtles. Go on. I'm sorry. Uh, just he needs to stop. Someone, <laughs> someone needs to stop him. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm pretty sure we also have never talked about the the joke from Top Five, that joke movie. Do you do you? Oh recall? yes, yes, yes. That's yes. happening. It's not called the same thing, but it is Tyler Perry's Medea too too scared. It is happening, the Halloween, isn't it? The Halloween, Halloween Medea film is happening. All right, sorry. <laughs> Why are you going to bum me out right before I do a guess the ending? Tyler Perry. I'm already bummed out about Tyler Somehow Perry's my, existence even, in the film world. Tyler Perry. That's all I can say. G- continue, please. Oh, my God. <laughs> so the turtles save, return to save the city from a dangerous threat. Um, but there's a twist on this one because you think uh, they're coming to save uh, the, the world, uh, the city, from uh, Shredder. But Shredder's actually reformed. Uh, he's realized that uh, by destroying things and killing people that uh, he's never going to have this uh, the, the life that he wanted. And uh, he opens up a, uh, a, an American diner and makes, you know, fried chicken and burgers and fries. And, and he, he really loves malt shakes. And... Uh, he just, you know, he uses his shredding skills in the kitchen. And uh, he makes these two mutant helpers to be, uh, one's a waiter, the other one's a bartender. They sell drinks at night. It's nice. It's nice. And uh, the turtles show up ready to kick some ass, but there's no problem. The shredder makes them a pizza. They love it. They realize that now they're going to have to order from this place from now on. <laughs> and... Uh, they're all sitting down having a good time, and then uh, Casey Jones shows up. And Casey Jones, let's just say Homeboy's got some mental issues. Uh, he cannot deal with the fact that Shredder is reformed. He sees him as the leader of the Foot Clan. Sees him as uh, you know he's he had a run in with the Foot Clan in the past, and they uh, you know uh, destroyed his baseball cards. And uh, he just can't let that go. You know, there were, he had some nice ones in there. They were mostly shit cards. But uh, there was like one or two that were worth like 50 cents. And he's upset about it. So uh, it ends up being the Ninja Turtles protecting Shredder and his mutant helpers uh, from Casey Jones. And uh, of course, before this, Casey Jones has seduced April O'Neil and. Uh, April April started to learn how to fight and everything, and, and it's the two of them against the turtles. Mm. And uh, let's just say it does not end in a nice way. Yeah. Casey Jones ends up in an insane asylum. Uh, Megan Fox, for some reason, becomes a news anchor. Uh, I'm not really sure how it ends up there, but, you know, talk to the writers. They, they, they wrote the script. Uh, at the end of the day, though, we get this beautiful shot in this classic American diner where the, the four brothers and even Splinter forgives, forgives uh, Shredder. Mm. 
And uh, they're all together in the diner, enjoying food and laughing it off and saying, you know, why were we ever enemies to begin with? You know, should I just, you wanted to make some good food. And the turtles love food. The end. Wow. Yeah. That's like emotionally haunting. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to guess the ending for The Fits, directed by Anna Rose Holmer, starring Royalty Hightower. What? What? That's a real person. What? I looked it up. Don't worry. What? Alexis Neblet. Hold on. And I, uh, Rogers. Michaela Burnham. Yes? Royalty Hightower. That's perhaps the greatest name. No. <laughs> no, don't. Come on. It's the greatest name. I'm going to name my child a long watchtowers. Cool. While training at the gym, 11-year-old tomboy Tony becomes entranced with the dance troupe. As she struggles to fit in, she finds herself caught up in danger as the group begins to suffer from fainting spells and other violent fits. It was not chance that day when Tony was entranced by the dance troupe. She's a cute kid, but what the hell with that name? It was, in fact, fated from the day she was born, for her mother made a deal with a local coven. What? It's a modern coven. Hold on, I and didn't And this dance this. troupe... I'm making the shit up. Don't worry okay. about it. Okay. I was like, is that... <laughs> it was is a that, modern... Are we still reading IMDb? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was, her, her mother uh, made a deal with a local coven, and now this dance what? troupe is an extension of Hold a on. local coven. You need to try it. Coven. Okay, there we go. Coven. All right. Coven. Nope. Coven. <laughs> yep. And uh, so this dance troupe is an extension of them, and the problem is that the leader of the dance troupe, uh, when when this person joined, they did not know about the witchy connection. Oh. When they found out, they said, no, we will cut ourselves off from the coven. Mm-hmm. And so everyone in the coven is starting to be affected, except for Tony. Oh. And it, becomes, it comes down to, like, she is one of the strongest dancers and one of the last ones who can perform. Because of the deal that her mother made with the coven, it conflicts with the breaking off. She is protected in a sense, from what is happening to the rest of okay, her friends. Okay, okay. And so, at the very end, she is the last one dancing on a stage in front of the entire, you know, everyone who's come to see them Does perform. she get a scholarship? Uh, no. Does she get to go to college for free because of her dancing skills? No, no, no. It's not that kind of movie. Oh, damn. Uh, but in the end, ending. she she when she finds out what's going on, she embraces it and joins the coven. Okay. And becomes like the new leader of the Coven Dance Troupe. But wouldn't she be sick? Wouldn't she start getting fainting spells then? No, she's protected because of the deal that her mother made when she was oh, born. Oh, she's the only and they one. And were, they were trying to draw her in. And when the Dance Troupe tried to defect, now she is the only last one standing because she is both, she's protected, she's cherished, cherished. So she this is, is important to their future. So this is uh, Step Up 4, Back in the Coven? This is The Witch 2, The Covening Dance. Colon Dance. Backslash The Fits. (laughs) Yeah, backslash The Fits. Yeah. Wow. Uh, So now we can end the guessing. Cool. I actually think it might be about witches, though. That's like low-key, not a joke. Um, (laughs) It's just because it's got the word spells in the IMDb. Entranced. Oh. Okay, and and I mean I don't know. It also sounds very familiar, uh, uh, similar to um, there's like a, a film about um, ballet dancing, which is from the 70s. This oh. sounds very familiar. To okay, uh, cool. I, I kind of like the idea of updating that. Yeah. Um, we've ended the guessing. 
That means the show's about to end. Yep. If you stick around, you'll get our discussion where we uh, talk about all spoilerific things. We basically just yeah, we go through each of the scenes and just talk about what works. Well, we what start at the work. end and then we work our way back to the front. That that's wait, that's not how you saw the movie. Yeah, that's how everyone sees it. Okay, that's how we're experiencing Good. time right now. I'm just making sure. Anyway, the point is, next week we'll be reviewing Popstar. Never stop, never stopping. Oh, You're not looking forward to it. I kind of am. I just hope Bill a very Hader, special guest. Bill Hader has. An actress from the film. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. This is I will not a do joke, this. everyone. This is, we're having a... I will do this for you, yeah. and I will do it for them. Yeah. But not for myself. Uh, so until uh, next time, this has been episode 278 of Nerds Have You. I'm Andrew. I'm Jordan. And remember, listeners, if a bunch of police come up to you and they are not wearing their badges, watch out for that bow and arrow. That's a real class. That's like that's like uh, in Nice Guys seeing that Yuhu. It's like I might go buy like a hundred apple juices now. <laughs> yeah, that's real nice. Um, hopefully, s- loops. Okay. Hopefully, someone doesn't uh, doesn't hold you up and make you drop them all. Mm-hmm. It is now time for the X Men. Apocalypse discussion. Please put all your trays, tables in their upright position. Get ready to put apocalypse in your mouth. Um, you want to talk I'll about the sister? That's the one thing I remember. Yeah. What the? F- where so is Quicksilver? Her s- yeah. Du- okay. So let's 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 go through a bunch of weird things right now. Because I okay. Did something happen? At I don't remember. At the end of Days of Future Past, as everyone's watching what's happening on their TVs, uh-huh. we have a brief moment where uh, Peter Quicksilver is at home and Max, he has a little sister Maximov, Peter yeah. Maximov yep um, is at, with his sister he has a little sister yes, at home yes and now and in she's this little film, Scarlet Witch not mentioned whatsoever she must be little Scarlet Witch because the the, the lore is is that Magneto Silver, has two kids yeah Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch uh, Pietrov and mm-hmm. Wanda or yeah. whatever you know but now he's Peter because yep. they're not in Europe somewhere yeah they're they're of Unlike, that descent but they're in America yeah, um, the the lore is that that's his father. That uh, Magneto is his father, and this right. film very firmly says that multiple times. Yeah, but and never, it, and never it's for sure in the last film. Never yeah. do they touch it. They, yeah. It's just known. Mm-hmm. It's a thing that he kind of wrestles with, but never says to Magneto. Right. And Magneto, if he heard that, I feel like he would have immediately been on their side. Been on their side because yeah. of at what they do to Magneto at the beginning of this. They film, kill his family. He has a life. Yeah. For ten years he's been living. He's oh he, shit. He do they married. make? Do they make his daughter little? Her Wanda? name was Nina. Nina. Very specifically, Nina, and her power was animal animal connection, control, which was super cool. It was really cool. And holy crap! If if they would stop killing, they kill the best the best mutants. Like I swear to God, when they kill all the best mutants, when she starts freaking out because the police are going to take her dad away or kill him or whatever, and she starts freaking out, and animals start attacking. And he's like, she can't control it. Yeah. I loved it. Like, yeah. this is so, it, it was so uncharted territory for the X-Men franchise. It was, it was a whole new direction for Magneto to go in, like, for him to have a daughter that has this, this, this kind of power. For this kind of power to exist, for this kind of, this oh, is shit. the story that this I is, wanted. She's a real X-Men, too. Really? Yeah. Another, is she actually a Magneto child? Uh-huh. Okay, well, I kind of love that, too, now. Yeah. 
But it's so unfortunate that they kill her very oh, unceremoniously. And it's very early, too. It's way before he ever has Peter and Wanda. Jeez. Oh, okay, well. So they went way back. That's a whole deal. And she dies the same way. That's uh, that's ridiculous. It's exactly... How it happens this. in the comics is exactly how it happens in the movies. Uh, well, they could have changed it because nobody cared. Because everybody... Even the locket thing. I'm going to tell you what. <laughs> I really... Man, that got me, dude. Yeah. Uh, he... Like, that's all great. Mm-hmm. And then they just, they're just very unceremoniously, yeah, just kill him. He needs to be mad again. Yeah. I mean, that's how it happens in the comics. In but the it, comics, though, but they, it's, they it's, don't Kennedy, slavishly follow. it's Kennedy and Nixon uh-huh. are hunting him down. And they send police after him. Because it's is this not, in the Ultimate Universe? No. It's, it's older. That's weird. So, and, and it's not, he's not in Europe. They're in Portland, Oregon. All right. Yeah, that makes a mining, uh, yeah. uh, logging town. Yeah. Um, and then, like the the ultimate for me, the most saddest part of this whole thing, and I feel like they don't even touch on it enough. Like it's not even Magneto doesn't even vocalize it when he's talking to you know Professor X or to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, he saved a man with his yeah. powers. Yeah. Like he kept his powers hidden. Loki didn't use but them. The whatever. The only reason he used and them. the only reason why he used it was to literally save a man's life. And that's what. And that. That's that what they turn on him for that. And I feel like that's what leads him to become evil again is because he tried to do something good yeah. and it ended up in his family dying. Like that is the most tragic, you know, that could have been the story in the first one of these. Yeah. And I would have been like super on Magneto. I, right. I've, I don't know. It's, it's just a ridiculous thing where that's, that's what it is. And no, no one addresses it because that, that's the problem with Professor X's idealism mm-hmm. is that he doesn't even recognize that. Yeah. People do hate. There are, people out there who want to kill them like they're no matter not, what yeah they're it doesn't matter if you could save a hundred million lives mm-hmm. so that's why i think the ending of this movie is so ridiculous because nothing got better nothing got better yeah if anything everyone should double down because a, everyone should hate them more a super powered mutant that nobody had ever heard of or knew about came mm-hmm. out of the woodwork and almost took down the world and based on the destruction destruction we saw all over the world yeah a percentage of the world died oh yeah a per- like a like a percentage, maybe even ten percent of the world died. Died, <laughs> just was devastated. Yeah, absolutely devastated. Mm-hmm. And um, and at the end of the day, part of it was definitely Magneto. No, I uh, think most of it was most of it was Magneto. <laughs> if we're talking about the like the global world destruction event, we're talking about Magneto. Yeah, he he, and I loved how they visualized this power. Oh, it's incredible. Uh, he was touching, like, his powers were magnified to where he could connect with magnetic poles in the earth. In the earth. Like, the way that the dirt moved around him in a circular pattern was magnetic poles, and I so, love yeah, that. Yeah, that was really cool. Like, that was, that was great. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, if anything, he should be more hunted down by yeah. the government. He should be, I mean, at the end, there's one offhanded comment where people are reporting that he, he helped stop the evil... The evil guy, which yeah. he did, he did, and but because also, of that, he's no longer being hunted because he used his powers for good. Ridiculous. Yeah. The uh, I don't even I don't even know where to go from here. I mean, at the end of the day, the world state is not better. Yeah. Can we also like I want to go full deep on 100 percent on Storm here now that we're in the spoilers. Okay. Uh, Storm, like you said, start out strong, then turned into nothing. Mm-hmm. Here's the other thing that really bothered me: she never really had a moment with Mystique. No. Because she looked up to Mystique and she sees 
Mystique in the fight, and that's why she kind of decides to help fight against Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. She realizes everything they're doing is wrong. But it, at the but end of the then, day, she only really does it because she sees how weak he is. Yeah, she joins it's in at the, at the very last second. End. We get like three cutaways to her looking like scared and thoughtful, and then her her lightning comes in right at the end when it kind of doesn't matter. I feel yeah. like it's like the last blow, basically. Yeah. How great would it have been to have a moment with her and Mystique where she's like, I really look up to you, or how great would have anything, any mm-hmm. kind of dialogue been? Yeah. None. Like if she None shocked too. if she shocked him when he was holding her. Yeah. And like, oh God. When okay, that's why I was I, like when when in that moment when Psylocke comes up and comes comes up, comes comes up and we think like as the audience we think, Oh, Psylocke's gonna kill um Peter. Peter. Yeah. And we're like, Oh my god. And then she goes and cuts uh, throat. Apocalypse throat. I thought she was being controlled by Xavier? No, I thought this is finally Psylocke having some character. Yeah. And then, oh no, it's Mystique. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, okay, that was, everything's meaningless. Yeah, which still. just further makes Olivia Munn's character just nothing. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's just a character somehow that fights they also, and says nothing. They somehow also don't kill her. They let her get away. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But I, like, if she was the one, if her character was actually the one to have tried to kill Apocalypse, that would have been. Even that would have made sense to me because she would see, oh, this is a fight that I can't win. We have no reason to even believe that she hates humanity that much to want them all to die. Yeah, it's 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 absurd. It's absolutely absurd. Yeah. Uh, and then, I mean, I don't want to be like a weird. Uh, what do powers do, Stickler? Mm-hmm. So, okay, but the whole purpose of Apocalypse wanting Professor X is so because of his mind powers, everybody. right? Because he could so, literally take over someone's body. Hypothetically, yeah. that means that Apocalypse doesn't currently have mind powers. No. Because if he had mind, con- if he had mind reading of any sort, he has mind reading. He doesn't have mind control. That's what then, Xavier has that other people do not. Is he? Because like, telepathy is something that multiple mutants have, mm-hmm. but the ability to freeze people mm-hmm. because he can. He's so powerful with his mind control yeah, that he can yeah, just yeah. stop. An entire room full of people. But I feel like somehow, even having any kind of mind power, mm-hmm. Apocalypse should have been able to enhance his own power, whatever power I mean, he, he steals. Could. He could. Then why, why didn't he just do that to himself? If he already had mind reading... Because he can't control. Mm. He, can, he can read, he can influence, he cannot control. I feel like he really can't influence, though. Like, it didn't make a lot of sense to me when, when, they he, were tapped having... into, when he tapped into Professor X's special Magneto line. It, that didn't make any sense to me how he could tap into that. And then how he could use that to feed back into Cerebro. And then control Professor X? I think... That whole scene didn't make any sense Oh, no. It made sense to me because when... Like, with Cerebro, uh, Xavier made, like, a a literal connection Mm -hmm. between him and Magneto. Mm -hmm. Magneto has no power, so for them, it's just like a phone call. (laughs) But for uh, Apocalypse, he has the ability to have telepathy, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess. So I, he I didn't literally, so, okay. the same way at the end of the movie, they're connected. Mm-hmm. They were like that. Well, I, I understand that, that connection was still there, mm-hmm. but it was just like, I didn't understand that whole well, connection the, and how he took control of Professor X in the first place. Because of Cerebro. Because it, it made a literal I mean, I guess connection Cerebro is, is so, you know, vague that you could just say anything. Yeah. I guess that's kind of on purpose. Mm-hmm. But I just, I felt that I, was a weak point in the film. Well, I, at the end of the day, I felt like it made a lot of sense for Apocalypse. Because instead of, like, Xavier's worried, and most of humanity is worried, that uh, he's going to, like, destroy the world at that point. But no, he just literally takes all of their weapons away. 
Yeah. Like, I love that scene. No, he's I talking like, about taking, a, taking away the slings and the arrows. I like that that happened, but yeah. I just didn't, I felt like that scene didn't make sense to make that. I felt it was just like a precursor or foreshadowing to the connection that they were going to have later in the film. Mm-hmm. I do kind of like that he was like so anti-machinery. Mm-hmm. That was kind of a neat little thing that you get for a second and then doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but then, so at the end, mm-hmm. when they still have that connection, so, so he goes into his brain. Uh, and he's like, here, I'm fighting you on my turf. And then it doesn't matter. He's somehow still stronger. Well, because it, he he goes inside and then tries to use his powers, and he can. But at the end of the day, he's inside. Like, in my mind, as soon as he went in there and he's like, oh, you're fighting on my turf. I was like, no, you idiot. You're on his turf. Yeah. You're in his brain. Kind of, yeah. What are you doing? That's the worst thing you could, like, yeah. But I think. Good way to fight him. But, but Professor but, X's mind powers are stronger than than apocalypses yeah, but not but think about it if if you're ever inside someone's psyche they they're always going to be stronger yeah, yeah have you seen the movie the cell yes i have thank yeah. you very much yes that's why you go inside the the counselor's brain yeah you bring them into the yours murderer's brain. Exactly. anyway <laughs> look i understand that concept yeah. and that's what happened in this if if the idea is that professor x's brain powers are so much stronger than apocalypses then it didn't it shouldn't matter where they go as long as it's mental if it's a challenge of mental being then he should be stronger and he was so much weaker right away yeah and then Jean gray like just walks in somehow her mind powers are strong enough to get through all of that well and then also to become it's also part of their fight is physical you see apocalypse doing things that are mental and then also physically reacting yeah. to them and uh i mean that's because of the phoenix force well okay phoenix force from what i understood is a space thing which she's connected to I see none of that makes sense. Jean Grey, in some of the versions of Jean Grey, mm-hmm. is like the most powerful mutant. Yeah, I know. Oh, I'm I I remember very clearly X Men: The Last Stand. Yeah, where they had that I'm going to call it super cheesy scene at the beginning where it's like a flashback where they both look the same age, but they just put a wig on mm-hmm. one of them yeah. or something, and they're like, "Oh, she's the most powerful." It's like, what? What was the? That was weird. Yeah. That was ridiculous. Sorry, I forgot to look this thing up. Uh, we are going to talk about the after the credits scene. Yeah, of course. And I forgot to look up what the hell that is. Yeah, I think that's important in one of the comics. I, I just feel like, I mean, she was literally a phoenix at the end of that scene, so. Sure, so they're just setting that up to be a future thing. Well, if it's cyclical, she's going to kill Scott. And then Wolverine's going to have to kill her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I'm finding a lot of articles about this are we going to talk about that now Do you yeah want to talk sure about that now? okay well, i mean i feel up. like i don't know what else to cover in the main movie um mm. the I'm sad about storm the, the mansion get, gets destroyed again yeah whatever uh, oh yeah that that helped that's that's the very specific oh the quicksilver scene quicksilver I the coincidences it. so i liked it but also it just was ridiculous that he in that scene before he pulls out the card and he's like oh i guess i better go visit him and he shows up right when it's blowing up so he can save everyone yeah and he kind of recognizes, he goes immediately where the explosion is, sees it, starts saving everyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like that instinct, yeah. but also t- way too coincidental, considering that also earlier in the film, after Magneto gets angry, mm-hmm. he goes to kill everyone at the, at the shop that he works, where that clearly that's where someone saw him use his power. Mm-hmm. And then Apocalypse shows up right then, right before yeah. he kills everyone. And he's and like, he don't stop me. And then Apocalypse kills everyone for him. 
It's just it. I also don't like. I think Apocalypse is has, for me has the same problem as the Kevin Bacon character in the first mm-hmm. one, which is way too overpowered. Yeah. Where if he wanted anything, like how could he not get it? Like I just yeah. don't understand how he couldn't get what he wants because he just he could turn people to dust. That's what he did in that scene. Yeah, but he can teleport. He he makes an orb and he just goes anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like I don't get. Well, how, he wants to control the entire world. It just felt like, and he and he could because his power is so vast. I mean, one thing you have to remember is at the end of the day, uh, like he may not have the same power of Xavier, but he's absorbed countless mutants. No, I like or that. other people. So I his, like the the absorption power. powers. That's yeah. cool. But I just feel like that's that's kind of boring. And they they made it very specific where he wanted the the more mind power, mm-hmm. but then it kind of was like, how could he not pull that off? Like he. He had because in order to, be, I mean, it showed it. He was dying in the very beginning of the movie, and he wasn't immortal until he took until he took that immortality power. Yeah, yeah. So you know, endless power, but there's still limits. You know what I mean? I mean, there's still there's within, limits in within, the sense of like within what his he scope. could do. Yeah, like, like like he had a certain mm-hmm. set of abilities, but those were incredibly powerful because you know. Of everything that he had done and all the mutants he had taken. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just it's it's kind of like, but it's the same kind of um, the villain must fail kind of thing that mm-hmm. happens. I even thought it was kind of um, the one thing I thought was ridiculous about Age of Ultron was mm-hmm. his plan was to turn that city into a meteor and that's how he's going to destroy humanity. Yeah. Like I was like, okay, I guess, I guess. Yeah. Like you also could have like just turned on like a nuke somewhere. Like I feel like mm. Ultron had way there more power. Easier, easier ways. Yeah. What he wanted to do. And he's like, well, I guess I'm just dramatic and old school. And I'm like, okay, I guess you just, you wanted to fail. Like that's what it felt like to me. Yeah. Well, you can feel the hand of the writer almost. Yeah. Um, okay, so what's I'm up reading, with that? I'm reading an Entertainment core. Weekly article, uh, which has just reminded me that Gambit is a film that's also supposed to be coming out. And yep. I love Gambit. I'm not sure about uh, Channing Tatum as Gambit, but I, you know. I'm I'll fine with it. it. I, just, watch I it. just saw him again, and this is the end, so I think he can do anything. Uh, okay, so what happens in that end credit scene is that men in suits come in, and they take like a blood sample of Wolverines and put it in a briefcase with other samples. Yep, that are a bunch of different colors. Right? Okay, so... Good Lord, this article is so freaking long. Okay, so then on the briefcase is Essex Corp. Yep. Uh, EW is saying that it's a reference to Nathaniel Essex. Oh. A comic book character uh, who we might know as Mr. Sinister. Yeah. Um, oh, in the comics, he met oh, Apocalypse man. at one he's, point. He's a big bad. I remember him from oh, when Mr. I was a Sinister. kid. Oh, Mr. Sinister. Oh, there you remember he is. him? I remember him from the, from the cartoons. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for he's sure. He's a big bad dude. That's cool. I kind of like that. Oh, that is cool. That's oh. so crazy. I remember him. And this is kind of interesting. If it does cross over with Deadpool, uh, in the comics, Mr. Sinister had a hand in creating Cable. Oh. Wow. Okay. I kind of like this then, because then now they're connecting a bunch of different movies. That sounds awesome to me. Well, if they do that. If they I do hope that. they do. Uh, and then, of course, this is like, so here we go again. So according to EW, the CW article, Sinister's primary pursuit is finding the right combination of genes to create the ultimate mutant. So yeah. I can see they're going to want Mystique again. Yep. <laughs> it always with Mystique. Yep. I kind of like that, though. I kind of like that she's become like the center. Now that I know who that is, I'm, I'm, it's funny how we both 
recognize mm-hmm. who Mr. Sinister is, yeah. and we're both like on board. Yeah. All of a sudden. Yeah. Sure. Why <laughs> it not? Hits, it hits the right nostalgia. <laughs> um, it does. It really actually does. And yeah. Especially if they make him actually look like that. Oh. And we, here's the thing, though. We don't need an Oscar Isaac for that. Just yeah. give know, me a dude. Give me a dude. And make him look cool. Because he's only going to be in one movie. Right. <laughs> make it look like the Mr. Sinister that we recognize and we yeah. had that moment over. Yeah. Rather than like, oh, we got tom hanks it's like yeah, i don't no, give a shit yeah, who cares <laughs> please who cares he's gonna die who cares yeah. like you're 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 adding in a villain for one movie here's here's the one thing though mm. one thing i will be cool with mm. make him michael keaton shut, shut up but also yeah <laughs> make no my- michael keaton's already gonna be in that spider-man movie i don't care do both no he can't do both that's legally binding legally binding <laughs> yeah because um, captain america has only ever been captain america no one else yeah Legally binding. No, because that Fantastic Four series died. <laughs> they all died. And then, died. much like the Human Torch, he was the able to. The new one died too. Reborn as a phoenix. The new one died. Uh, yeah, the new one super died. The point is, <sighs> uh, so yeah, so that th- that's whole part of the Wolverine thing, mm-hmm. uh, which that scene was pretty good because that also tapped into a nostalgia factor for me because I remember having the action figure of Wolverine breaking he looks out of exactly his like breaking that. out of that that facility uh-huh. with all the the tubes on him and Dude, the, the hat the helmet that hat looks thing. exactly right that that blew my mind how they how that, got it perfect it touched a part of me that was nostalgic and didn't even know yeah just, he got out like, of there and he Whoa. had that on and i was like i remember that i've read books that's what he looks like <laughs> yeah so that was good that yeah. part was interesting and he just murders everybody yeah and then he gets out and uh, oh, that's, Jean Grey that's has that where I'm saying it set it him. up, where it's set it up for the future, because mm-hmm. that's that's how we see him in the first X Men movie. Is he's only got a chunk of his past. He's only yeah. Oh, yeah, he knows Jean Grey his says name. I gave him a little bit. Yeah, that uh, the only bit I could find. Yeah, and um, yeah, that's just like, and it, it's, I mean, it's kind of dumb, but I did kind of like when uh, uh, Cyclops was like, well, I hope we oh, never see him. I guess again. we're never gonna see him again. Yeah. And I was like, mm, you don't even know. Yeah, you're gonna fucking hate him. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, there's a lot going on there. I, I yeah. I don't know. The the future of this franchise is like super open. It's weird. Which is crazy to me. Yeah. Like I still remain a little bit hopeful every time. And um, like I wasn't even looking forward to Apocalypse. I was just mm-hmm. like, all right, yeah, I'll go see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Mister Sinister, that kind of that's kind of interesting. Just like keep doing weird stuff. Like yep. that's uh, that's I mean the whole thing about um, here I'm, I'm going to go on a tangent here. Mm-hmm. Uh, just take us all off track for let's do it a couple of minutes. Let's do it. There's a whole hubbub right now about who's going to be the next James Bond because oh, apparently yeah. Daniel Craig doesn't want to do it anymore. That's fine. He, this happens. Yeah, good for I him. I love Daniel Craig, but I'm glad the way that, that Spectre ended, no, it kind of yeah. allows him to exit. Yeah. I'm glad that he can say no to $99 million. But here's what I want. Here's here's what I want, personally. I'll, I'll take it, though. $99 million. <laughs> I know. I want, if you're going to keep doing Bond, mm-hmm. do something different. Different. Like, like it was it was already like... Jillian Anderson? Yeah. Or Idris Elba? Yeah, or... Amazing. Just... Both of them go are in fantastic. that direction because the thing is, action movies now are to a point where, well, when the when the Bond series was revitalized with Casino Royale, uh-huh. they were very influenced by the Bourne series, right? Like they had to have Bond do parkour mm-hmm. <laughs> because that was what action movies are now. Mm-hmm. And so, the idea is that Bond is kind of like a legacy title. Mm-hmm. We go to Bond films because because of what they represent, because of how they, you know, the the you look at the past and you go like, this is something right, that, right influenced everything mm-hmm. and so if a bond film broke out of that mold in such a way where they're just casting it differently uh-huh. 
made a statement uh-huh. and also made it interesting again. Right. Yeah, because they are like a weird reflection on the times that they were created in. Like mm-hmm. when you look at each one, you're, you they very much feel like, oh, this was made at this time yeah. in cinema. And uh, the new ones especially feel very... Oh. And weirdly and, modern, but you're right. They do have this weird holdover feeling mm-hmm. of this is an old thing that is kind of modernized. And the closest that they really came was um, when they added Money Penny mm-hmm. back in, and they made her like a full fledged out there agent. Yeah, who went on missions and did cool stuff with it. Like that was great. Yeah, that's that's the closest they've come for me to doing something exciting and new. Yeah, because just in a making, franchise that's decades old. Making uh, uh, what's his name Q Young. Like while that's fun and well, has some good moments, that's still just making the same making character Making M into a woman, right? That was groundbreaking at the time, but yeah. now it's kind of like, all right, what what else you got? Right, what else you got? Yeah, because in the universe, M is now a man. So yeah, we gone back. Right, but I mean, uh, in a in an interesting way, mm-hmm. but also well, because I really like that actor. Yeah, Ray Fiennes is pretty good. It's great. Uh, so yeah, I think with certain films, like there's something that is expected, mm-hmm. but then there's also if you can do something crazy and pull it off. That makes the film a hundred times better. I agree. And so if the next X-Men film went crazy hardcore on this nostalgia factor that we're hitting mm-hmm. that we didn't even know that we had, right. like with this you know, Wolverine breaking out of, a, out of his cell with all the wires still attached to him and Mr. Sinister looking like a, like a creep, mm-hmm. uh, if they do just all that super hardcore and, and do something surprising in there rather yeah. than just like, oh, remember the old films did this? We're doing that again. Yep. Like that would blow us away. And it wouldn't even take much. Right. Like we're saying, like for the Bond films, all they need to do is cast someone who's not uh, a white man. Yeah. <laughs> like, and they could just blow us away right. with what kind of storytelling they could do with that. I agree. I agree. And, and, and this is what I think the, maybe this X-Men series needs. Yeah. And it, it just needs to do it with the plot because the plot in the last couple of movies has just been so bland. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been predictable. And part of it has been like, let's throw a bunch of mutants at the wall and see which ones stick. Right. And some of them stuck and some of them didn't. For me, Havoc did not stick in my brain. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, st- I'm going to stand by. I don't know what happened to my brain. And when, when they introduced him in the first film, it was just like, oh, this is the brother of Cyclops. Yeah. That's immediately what I thought. Mm-hmm. And that sucks. I don't know. It's, it's, and uh, it's on them, too, because like we said, many of the characters were just underwritten and none of them had their moments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's... Uh, that's that's going to be it for our discussion. Yeah. Spoiler section. Um, thanks for listening. See you. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.